0: Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.
2: Look up at the sky. Wherever you are right now, go to a window or go outside and look up. What can you see? birds, clouds, the sun, maybe the moon too. Maybe you see a plane with dense streaks of white trailing behind it. So many wonderful discoveries have come from people simply being curious about the world around them. Seeing something they don't understand and wondering, what is that? But sometimes our curiosity can lead us to jump to the wrong conclusion. Like What if those white streaks that linger behind a jet are something bad? What if they're chemicals being laced through the sky? They might be designed to control the weather or even the population. I mean, it wouldn't be the first time that the government had secretly doused the public in chemicals without their knowledge or consent. That's the thinking behind a popular conspiracy theory known as chemtrails. It's the idea that those streaks in the sky are sinister, intentional, and dangerous. In fact, surveys have found that as many as 30% of Americans think there's at least some truth to the chemtrails theory. About 15% believe it's unequivocally true. But there's a simple scientific explanation for what you're actually seeing up there. So why does this theory endure? And why is it so hard to convince believers of the truth? This is Season 2 of Science Solved It, and today's episode, Chemtrails. Welcome to Science Solved It, a motherboards show about the greatest mysteries that were solved by science. I'm Kaylee Rogers. We've all seen those streaks left behind planes in the sky. And for most of us, it doesn't cause much distress. But for a segment of the population, seeing those trails of white in the sky is troubling. The basic theory of chemtrails is that the white, cloud-like materials that form behind airplanes in the sky are part of an intentional, government-operated spraying program. The exact details of that program vary depending on whom you ask. Some theorists believe the chemicals include poison, designed to kill off elderly and sick people. Others think that they contain secret mind control drugs. Some believers argue that our clouds are being seeded with electrically conductive materials in order to build a planet-wide electromagnetic superweapon. And then there's Alex Jones, the far-right commentator, who has famously suggested that the sprays contain hormones, which end up in our water supply. And, well.
0: I don't like them putting chemicals in the water that turn the friggin' frogs gay! Do you understand that? Ugh, ugh, serious crap!
2: Okay, look, it's easy to laugh off these suggestions as ridiculous, especially when you have Alex Jones screaming them into a microphone. But many people who believe in chemtrails have a more conservative idea about what's happening, and they're actually based in real science. The first time these theories were posed was in the late 70s and early 80s.
3: Yeah, there was actually a a kind of a prototypical version of it a long time ago in the 70s or 80s, I believe, when people were concerned about uh, cloud seeding.
2: Mick West is a retired video game programmer and a pilot who runs a website called Metabunk. He's kind of a chemtrails expert.
3: I spend a lot of time investigating conspiracy theories.
2: Mick's website is part blog, part forum, where people can get scientific evidence and factual information about conspiracy theories. It covers everything from flat earth theories to Bigfoot. But chemtrails are a major focus.
3: Yeah, I started investigating chemtrails about 10 years ago when I was learning to fly. I just kind of came across it on the internet. I was learning about aviation weather at the time. And I just found it something really interesting to look into. I thought I would uh, write something about it and debunk it really quickly, but it turned out to be a lot more resistant to my debunking than I thought. So it's been about 10 years now.
2: By far the most common theory behind chemtrails that Mick and others encounter is that planes are spraying chemicals to control the weather. And before you laugh, it's not an entirely implausible idea.
1: One of the reasons why this whole chemtrails idea has gained some currency is that people have been talking seriously about the possibility of intentionally modifying earth's climate
2: that's ken caldera
1: and i'm a climate scientist at the carnegie institution for science
2: ken i want to emphasize is not just any climate scientist he is a big deal he was once named hero scientist of the year by new scientist magazine he was listed as one of the rolling stones 100 agents of change and he's pals with Bill Gates. Ken is one of the world's leading researchers studying the impacts of climate change and looking for solutions. But due to the nature of his work, he's also had more than one run-in with chemtrail believers.
1: Some people thought, oh, well, I'm actually commandeering a fleet of airplanes and actively engaged in this. And if you're talking to a true believer who really believes this, and you say, no, I'm not commandeering a fleet of airplanes in my spare time, sometimes they don't believe you.
2: It all goes back to 1998, when in Aspen, Colorado, dozens of scientists met to trade ideas on what we could do about this whole global warming issue. Back then, Ken was working as an environmental scientist for the federal government, and he attended this conference at the Aspen Global Change Institute. Mostly they were talking about how to reduce carbon emissions,
1: but... There was one guy there, Lowell Wood, who talked about this idea of geoengineering And what he was talking about was the idea of imitating what volcanoes do.
2: See, a few years earlier, in 1991, there was a massive volcanic eruption. Mount Pinatubo in the Philippines had a cataclysmic eruption that caused widespread devastation. It killed hundreds and left more than 200,000 people homeless. Obviously, geologists studied this event closely. And they noticed something in the year after the eruption.
1: Global temperatures dropped. And the next year, the Earth got cooler, despite the fact that greenhouse gases continued to accumulate in the atmosphere. And that was because... The volcano put tiny little particles up into the stratosphere, that's the high part of the atmosphere above where jet planes fly, and these tiny little particles scattered incoming sunlight back out to space, and because the sun warms the Earth, if you can reflect more of it back to space, the Earth will cool. It was like
2: the volcano had wrapped the planet in one of those silver light-reflecting screens you put on your dashboard to keep your car from heating up in the summer. And it got the scientists thinking... It might take a while to roll back carbon emissions. So in the meantime, maybe there are things we can do to prevent the greenhouse gases from warming the planet too quickly. Maybe we could create a light reflecting dashboard screen of our own. It was one version of a relatively new idea called geoengineering. At the time, Ken was skeptical.
1: And so I thought this would never work because even if you could restore the Earth's average temperature, global warming Heats the planet more in the winter time, more at night, and uh, sunlight heats the planet more in the summertime and in the daytime, and so why should more of one compensate for less of the other or vice versa?
2: But since Ken was running climate models all the time at his federal lab, he figured they could go ahead and give this idea a shot. They ran a model to see what would happen if we put tiny particles into the stratosphere in order to create this volcano-inspired screen. And it worked.
1: It actually worked much better than expected.
2: At least as far as the model showed, this theory wasn't so far-fetched. Ken published the findings in 2000 to show that there might be some possible future applications for this concept. But soon after, the chemtrail conspiracy theorists descended.
1: Ever since we published that paper, there have been... A contingency of people who fantasize that I'm somehow commandeering a fleet of airplanes and uh, actually actively engaged in doing this and so uh, which seems a little bit crazy to me but some people believe it.
2: In fact lots of people who believe in chemtrails actually point to Ken's paper as evidence that this is what we're all seeing in the sky. After all the logic goes we've known since at least 2000 that this kind of strategy could work. And many people swear they didn't see the streaks in the sky until the last few decades. Scientists figured out how to change the temperature of the planet by spraying tiny particles in the air. And at the same time, everyone starts seeing white streaks behind airplanes. Any public statement about the possibility and promise of geoengineering is seen as further proof that this is already happening. And since it's not being done in a transparent way, then it must be harmful to those of us down on the surface of the planet. When we come back, we'll discuss why these chemtrail beliefs are so tenacious. And I'll reveal the simple but satisfying explanation for what actually causes those long white streaks. Guys, if you like our show, you might also want to check out Science Versus, a podcast from Gimlet Media that takes on fads, trends, and the opinionated mob. Science Versus dissects what's fact, what's not, and what's somewhere in between, like their recent episode on serial killers.
1: Then he used her head for a dartboard, but he wasn't done killing. You never turn your back on a serial killer.
2: That's Science Versus, hosted by Australian science journalist Wendy Zuckerman. Science V.S. Welcome back. Before the break, we learned about Ken Caldera's geoengineering paper and how chemtrail believers latched onto this idea that the government was using airplane trails to control the weather. Part of the reason this theory is so resilient is because, well, it wouldn't be the first time
0: the government has sprayed the public with shady chemicals without their consent. It can be very difficult just to understand that like things are nuanced and complex and also that things change and can adjust over time.
2: Sarah Whitman is an updates writer for
0: Wirecutter at The New York Times. And especially if what you believe has a very like strong emotional response, like it has to do with your safety or your family's health. But in a past life, she worked as a writer and editor at a research center in the Midwest. The scientists who worked there... Studied weather and climate, among other kinds of earth sciences.
2: Part of Sarah's job was to communicate with the public online and share information about the center's work. Since it was climate-related, it wasn't long before she started to get comments and messages from
0: chemtrail conspiracy theorists. There was one that was like, stop messing with our weather, you are killing the environment. Sarah had never even heard of chemtrails before that job. And her bosses told her to just shrug it off.
2: But she was curious and ended up realizing that the people who believe these theories
0: aren't just nuts. My parents grew up in, like, the 60s and 70s. They lived through, like, Watergate and the Pentagon Papers. DDT was a real thing that was in use for decades. And in the 70s, they found out that it was harmful to the environment and they stopped using it from that perspective i can see how like having those experiences like of times when they trusted science or trusted the government and then it turned out that something was going on from an emotional standpoint i can see how someone would would want to be skeptical of something that they're being told is safe
2: There is a long history in this country of the government keeping secrets from the public or experimenting on groups of people without their consent. From the 1930s until the 1970s, medical researchers in Alabama deliberately withheld treatment from African-American men who had contracted syphilis in order to study the ravaging effects of the disease without the patient's knowledge. The birth control pill was originally tested on women in housing projects in Puerto Rico long before there was any evidence that it was safe. And as Sarah mentioned, widespread spraying of DDT was once common until we learned how dangerous it was. Between the potential of geoengineering and the history of shady government behavior, it's not all that surprising that so many people wonder about these streams of white in the sky. But the reality of what causes them is not nearly so tantalizing. In fact, they're not really called chemtrails. They're called contrails. Here's Ken, our climate expert again.
1: When a plane is flying, its engine's running, and the jet fuel is a form of hydrocarbons, and it's called hydrocarbon because it has both hydrogen in it and carbon in it.
2: Hydrocarbons are just
1: compounds. And when you burn the carbon, it forms carbon dioxide, which is the greenhouse gas that we're concerned about. But in the case of looking at jet contrails, mostly what you're seeing is water vapor, much of which came out of the back of the engine and then condensed into kind of an artificial cloud.
2: It all boils down to basically third grade science. Remember the water cycle? How water evaporates, condenses into clouds, and then eventually falls as rain? That's basically what's happening with contrails. As the hot, wet air burns out of the jet engine, it meets with the cold, wet air in the sky, and it quickly condenses, causing a man-made cloud to form. For this to happen, you have to be flying at high enough altitude, the temperature must be low enough, and there must be enough moisture in the air for the contrails to form. That's why we don't always see them behind planes, or why some of them disappear quickly while others linger. Mick, who, as I mentioned, is also a pilot, rarely gets a chance to produce contrails himself, because he typically flies smaller planes at lower altitudes.
3: If I was flying in Alaska sometime during the winter, you can actually make contrails uh, with a small plane because uh, it's, it's really to do with the temperature of the air around you and not to do with the, the plane itself. If you happen to have a, a car that was driving on the top of Mount Everest, you could make a contrail with that car
2: contrails have been a reality for as long as there has been jet aviation. And part of the reason why there are so few studies providing evidence against the chemtrail theory is because, well, there's not much to find out about contrails. Scientists get it, and they don't have any probing questions about what's going on. But in an effort to put some research on the right side of the scale, Ken recently published a survey of atmospheric scientists. Each group was asked if in all their research, there was anything that couldn't be explained that might be evidence of a secret government spraying program. The results?
1: None of them saw any compelling evidence for any kind of program and, uh, you know, only one person saw one sample that they couldn't explain from, by other means, but uh, overall the vast majority of people thought the whole idea of this chemtrails thing was complete nonsense.
2: Ken told me he wasn't motivated by a desire to stop getting harassed by true believers. He said that believing in chemtrails can actually be harmful.
1: For example, I got an email from a woman who wouldn't let her kids play outside because she was fearful that if they played outside, the chemicals would drift down from these chemtrails and poison her children. And and so it's really kind of tragic to think that there... People sitting indoors in fear, afraid to play out in their backyard. And I guess I would just want to do this in part to help her children have a better life, uh, because nobody should be told to stay inside afraid of going outside.
2: It's for this reason that Mick is so motivated to help people escape the rabbit hole, as he puts it. He's been able to help people escape with something as simple as showing photos from the 1950s that clearly show contrails behind planes, proving it's not a new phenomenon.
3: Uh, I think conspiracy theories like this are a distraction from real issues. People are not going to be concerned about global warming and climate change if they think the climate is already being controlled by these chemtrails. So if we've got, as surveys suggest, like millions of people who believe in chemtrails, those are millions of people who are not going to be uh, on board with any real policy changes about climate change. So it's a major distraction from uh, real issues.
2: And since these planes really are pumping greenhouse gases into the atmosphere, it turns out there's one very real reason why we should all take note when we see those thick streaks of white lingering in our skies. Science Solved It is a production of Vice Media and Motherboard. If you enjoy the show, subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can find us on Twitter, at Science Solved It. This episode was produced and edited by Sophie Cases. Production assistance was provided by True Smith, Caleb Smith, and Mark Lawrence at KZSU. Our theme music is by Reximus. That's all for this week. Thanks for listening. next time on Science Solved
3: It. Like, she had an immediate concern that it was potentially her husband and her son who were away from the house at the time that somehow were sliced up and were being returned to her by the gods in this fashion of sliced meat.
2: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's.